Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you will be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future, as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation, and our guest today is Ben Juster. Uh, Ben has been on the podcast before, um, I'm sure you all will remember, but Ben, for people that have forgotten or haven't heard you before, can you just say a bit about where you're from and what you do? Sure, and the where I'm from question is always very interesting because I just moved from overseas. I lived in Israel for five years, and we made our way back to the United States. We're living in Jacksonville, Florida now. And uh, I just uh, transitioned into my new role as the president of the Messianic Jewish Network called Tikkun America. We have 30 congregations in Canada and the United States and even one in Mexico. And so it's a real joy to be with you as we end 2020 and look forward into 2021. Yeah. And for people that hear this, they want to find out more about you, maybe some of your teaching resources. Where can they do that? Well, I, you can follow me on Facebook. I post things periodically there. And then also you can visit our organizational website at tikkunamerica.org, T-I-K-K-U-N, america.org. And you can find uh, resources there as well. Okay, I will put those links in the description. So for people listening, go check those out. Um, when this episode comes out, it will be the new year. We will be in 2021. And for people... Obviously, 2020 is one that we would all love to forget. Let's just act like it never happened. Um, we were talking the other day uh, about a meme that I saw about 2019, because 2019 was a really bad year for a lot of people, and they couldn't wait for 2020. And now this thing said, hey, we should all go back to 2019 and apologize, because 2020 has been so bad. So, you know, we're now in 2021. Uh, maybe people are thinking... 2021 is going to be way better than 2020. Uh, everything's going to go well from now on. You know, uh, maybe people are thinking, no, you know what, what we're in now is just going to continue. Um, but we thought it'd be good to to talk a bit about this with you and have you just share with us some of what maybe our mindsets, our perspectives should be going into this new year. Um, so, uh, and we're glad that we get to do the first one of the year with you as well. Um, we, we always love talking to you and, and getting to catch up. So thank you so much for, for joining us. Well, it's so good to be with you both. And not only do I enjoy the fact that the Lord has brought us together to do ministry from time to time, but you've become dear friends and to talk about the kingdom is a, is a great excitement and joy of mine. So uh, yeah, so 2019, I remember the anticipation uh, before entering the year even the prophetic sense of, of 2020 being the year of clarity of vision and purpose, yep. and how quickly that changed. Something interesting that you said, uh, even in your intro, was that 2020 is a year that we'd love to forget. And I just, it, I chuckle a little bit because even though we'd like to forget it, we sure talk about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we commiserate about it a lot. And so one of the things that as I've been praying, as I've been working with different leaders, I found how important it is that we get back to the foundation of our hope in Messiah and that we become a people of hope. And if we haven't been living that way, that we really make an intentional uh, alignment shift 
so that we become a people of hope. Here's what I mean by that. So there's so much that we can complain about and some really tragic hardships. I mean, we've lost loved ones as a result of the coronavirus, but that's not the only impact. I mean, we have political impacts around the world that are just shifting nations. Yeah. Um, I think about where you are, um, Andrew and Daphne, and and the whole Brexit thing and the, the new agreements that are just being made with the European Union. But in the news, there just seem to be really groundbreaking things that people will fall on one side or the other in their opinions. And then also watching the body of believers and how they take sides on political issues or medical issues or issues of theology and how much division has crept into the body. Not that division hasn't always existed, but I felt like it's been at a heightened and more intense level than I remember in any recent time. And so one of the things that has just really been on my heart is, is that we become a people who lead through hope. Uh, any, anyone can develop a following by being a complainer, by repeating bad news. And I think this is one of the things that we've seen is a lot of the social media and YouTube channels have become um, hubs of criticism. And you gather a huge following of people, even believers, who are criticizing other believers for their positions on various issues mm -hmm. and creating a dynamic where your following is based on the negativity, not on the hope of our calling. And so I think for 2021, where our challenge is in the Lord, led by the Spirit, is to be people who proclaim hope once again. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. he is called the God of all hope. And um, a little spin-off that I'm maybe jumping ahead on what you're about to say, but I love this hope emphasis because people say, I have lost my faith or I don't have any faith anymore. And, and people pray for faith, whereas it says, isn't it, that faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And I often say to people when they say that, never mind the faith, tell me where your hope was removed. Mm. Yes. Um, you know, the doctors yes. say, I have no hope. We say 2021, we have no hope of our business being restored. We have no hope of our ministry now. We have no hope for our family. And it's always the hope that actually brings the crash to mm. faith. So I love that you are focusing on this of hope. Yeah, and I guess people keep putting hope in things of this earth. And so if we have a hope of the end of lockdown, we have a hope in the vaccine, we have a hope in something else, but those goalposts can be shifted constantly. And so, you know, you're talking about the kingdom, that focus on the eternal kingdom, there's things that are unshakable, when those things, the hope won't be shaken. And so, you know, uh, you know I'm glad that we get to, to talk about that and, and hear your perspectives on, on the hope, how we can keep that hope during these times of shaking and, and having it in things which are unshakable. Yeah, it's so good. And it reminds me of another verse in Romans when Paul says, hope does not disappoint mm. because yeah. the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which was given to us. So when you tie that to the verse in Hebrews 11, where it talks about faith being the evidence of things hoped for, and you combine it that hope does not disappoint. So if we're putting our hope in the world and in the things of comfort, 
when those things are removed, it really does become a crisis of faith. Yeah. But if our hope is in the Lord, hope is in our salvation and Messiah, then when the worldly things shift, not that they're not difficult, not that it's not a trial to walk through them, but yet when our hope is in Messiah, we're able to be strong in our faith. That's the difference because that hope doesn't disappoint. Yeah. yeah. And so many people are disappointed. I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to hope anymore. And my hope has been crushed so often. And and I do feel for people when that has happened. And and I think one of the things that if we if we focus on the temporal and the earthly things, one of the things that's driving us this way during this time is that there is a mental health crisis at the minute, mm. a big mental health crisis. Um understandably with the isolation mm. everything that people are being pushed into is so much of it is not what god intended for us he didn't intend for us to be disconnected he didn't intend for us not to receive hugs and physical touch he didn't intend these things and so if we're not careful and this is just my thoughts as you're speaking if we can go with the crisis that our mind is in instead of with the hope that Yeshua gives us and that is a spiritual one and that surely shouldn't our minds align with our spirits or not our spirits align with our mind. Now, I've never said all that before. I hope it made some sense. It's so, so good. No, I mean, it's like uh, it's like this too. When we magnify our suffering and we we continue to dwell on it, all the things, the missed opportunities, the canceled celebrations, the, the people that, um, you know, maybe have betrayed us or hurt us during this time, or, or even the government, or, or, you know, we, we assign our pain onto something. And when we dwell on that, instead of finding the cross of, of Messiah and identifying with his suffering, then we're setting ourselves up for, for failure. One of, you know, you were talking about the, 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 the mental issues, so one of the reasons that mental problems develop is, is unmet expectations. Yeah. And when that happens, we expect something to happen and then that doesn't happen or it's, or it's taken away and shaken. Then we start to lose our ability to trust ourselves and to trust the world around us. And, um, you know, stress itself is one of those things to where we come under this burden of deadlines and other things, it's, it's really of our own construction in a lot of times. And it's our own expectation of what should be that is not met. So we have an expectation of how life should be, and it's not met that way. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm also reminded, you know, in 1 Peter 5.10, it says this, it says, and the God of all grace, who called us to eternal glory in Messiah, after we have suffered a little while, will himself restore us and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. See, this is what the world is crying out for. We're crying out for how do we be firm, strong, and steadfast when everything that I trusted in before is being shaken. Hmm. Yeah. I think as, as I look back on 2020, it has been a learning curve for me personally, um, a learning curve as to how I walk through it triumphantly, how I walk through it in victory. And, and I've had to learn about myself 
as well as the broader scale of things. And um, when you say about the negativity, if we're not careful, we expose ourselves to that negativity. We expose Mm -hmm. it on the news. We expose it on a conversation on social media. We can be very intentionally exposing ourselves into that negativity and not exposing ourselves to the things of God, which should surely be a higher priority. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, I was talking about the the telescope. When we flip it around and we magnify God, that's one end of it, right? But I also like to think of a magnifying glass is that when God's glory is shining down upon us and you focus that, that glory in our life, then it burns up all those things that are not him. Hmm. And so what we see is there's an intense power of our life being in right alignment with God. And then, you know, that magnifying glass is is getting the right focus in our life so that it can burn up those things that we've been relying on that are not of him, but then also to experience his presence in a deeper way and to also be a light of hope to others who are really suffering. I think one of the greatest testimonies we have to the fallen world around us is when we're able to say, the world is hard and identify with the pain did not minimize it to ex- explain that we we understand or we empathize with what what the world is but to say we have not lost our hope and we want to point you to the author of hope when we're able to do that they don't understand at first and many times they say how could you walk through losing your business losing your home what losing your job, you know, whatever it is, losing a loved one, but then coming out on the other side with hope and a sure foundation. The world is crying out for that. There was a song I sang as a child, and anybody of my generation who's listening will remember it probably, but it went, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look Mm -hmm. full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely, strangely dim. dim. Yes. In, make me cry. Crying, in yeah. the light of his glory and grace. Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. I mean, to me that sums up what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really um so for twenty twenty one, I just think that the foundational concepts that we've all learned and been discipled in, if we're a believer in a you know, Bible preaching believing community. Um, is that everything needs to be about him. Uh, Daphne, you you and I were talking earlier just about how we need to be looking and setting our eyes on Jesus and his soon return. Are we longing for it and hoping for it and making that our aim? Because um, when we say, come Lord Jesus, it's it's a life orientation. It's not seeking to build our own comfort in this world, but it's seeking to pave the way, to to clear the path for for Jesus to come and take up his place. And I'm not saying this in a dominionist kind of sense where we're going to take over the earth uh, before Jesus returns, but it's our heart orientation to long for him and to order our lives in such a way that we demonstrate his kingdom. And that you look at the, the world that Yeshua walked in, oppressed by the Romans, high taxation, and you don't see the the words that were coming out of his mouth as being primarily about the government or about the negativity of the environment that he was in, but rather he brought hope to the hopeless. Mm. He brought healing to the hurting. He brought food to the hungry. 
And I think that if we get ourselves back on those kinds of foundations as a people, that we will have more change impact in the world than we could ever do by complaining about how bad things are. Yeah. And we'll have less division. Absolutely. Well, and it, yeah, it feels like everyone's dividing over everything at the minute. It doesn't matter what the subject is. You bring it up. There's a, some wedge being driven between people. And uh, I'm sure that that's not going to change going into 2021. I mean, with things like the US election still being contested hotly by both sides. and But like, you, you know, you can take these subjects from these earthly kingdoms, these earthly leaders, and we can all decide to just divide over all these subjects. And if our focus is solely on the things of this earth, then sure, I'm sure division will continue to be rampant even within the church, not just outside of it. But maybe could you just talk a bit about how, how do we handle having our opinions over these earthly things and yet having our focus on the kingdom and, and unifying around that and not dividing over the other? Yes, that's so good. I think it's in Colossians that it says um, that our words should be always full of grace and seasoned with salt. And I just think, uh, again, about that being a, a heart orientation, that when we speak to people of differing persuasions, that we do so honoring that they are created in the image of God. Um, it, it pains me that even families have had breakdowns of relationships when they come on one side or another of a political or a medical issue. When congregations, for instance, you know, I don't want to get political about that. This is not the point, but they have to have separate services for the camps for how they walk out the medical issues, those who do it a certain way and those who don't. And, and you say, Lord, is there a better way that we can demonstrate unity? In Ephesians 4, by the way, one of the, one of the purposes of apostolic or fivefold ministry is that we would bring unity of the faith and love for one another through service so that there would be a maturity and we arise to the full stature of who Messiah is. I think that we've, in some cases, abdicated that responsibility, and we, we need to rally each other. Let's come back to the place of love and unity and cover each other, cover each other with, with that grace. Um, not to say that these issues don't have to be walked out with fear and trembling of a certain sense personally. You know, I want to pray before my Lord on how to lead my family and, and how to make decisions. But when it comes to gathering the, the body together, I think that we have to be much more careful about the impact and also the testimony that we're, that we're representing to the world. Do you know, I had a beautiful um, experience a few years ago, but it was one that really stood in my mind. I was sitting around a meal table with some friends of ours, and we had a conversation about something, can't remember what it was, and we disagreed. And we all carried yeah. on, and we were just talking and all the rest of it. And the wife looked at me and she said, wow, we just disagreed and it was okay. And, and I thought... I stopped and thought, wow, yes, but there we've got to, I think, learn unity in disagreement. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that we're not going to have unity in our agreement over issues. We have unity in Yeshua, but there is a beauty. I mean, I, I will never forget that moment. There is a beauty in unity and friendship and honor when we disagree.
and the the world's perspective now though is that you all have to think the same to have yeah. unity yeah that's right that's i right. remember and all about groupthink, and that's invaded the church and and so everyone has to think the same other otherwise you were disunified but i remember another time maybe it was that one but there was someone else that we it felt like we agreed on everything with them and one day something came up that we disagreed on and it was actually a cause of celebration yeah that we were also we were like hey this is fantastic we found something we disagreed with and so we were like you just said unified in in our disagreement that it was okay not to see things the same way after all yes who's got all the answers and who's got it right well that's what it means when it talks about not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought yeah and it yeah. And it does it's an attitude that the limited amount that we learn or know is all that there is to know. And then therefore anyone who doesn't agree with me or my chosen position is wrong. And I yeah. think that that is, it's dangerous. Um, you said it brilliantly um, that we need to rally our unity around who Jesus is. Mm. When we make him the center of our focus, again, these other things, not that they lose all uh, importance, but they diminish in their, their, their intensity. They diminish as the, the main thing. And then we walk as best as we can in faith. Yeah. I love, I think my favorite um, example that Yeshua gave us about his return, for me, mm. the one that I love most is the birth pains. Yes. And uh. I love that because as a woman, and, and as you know too, when you, when a woman or when you, you as your family, you knew you were expecting one of your children, right? Now you had nine months of expectation what did you talk about all the time did mm -hmm. you talk about the birth pains or did no, you talk no. about the baby all Were the time they... about the baby about the decorations right. of the room about right. having the right exactly. car seat yeah, all that. Yeah. but were there moments that you had to focus on the birth were there mm -hmm. moments that you had to learn how to handle the birth pains did you know they were coming did they deserve some honor and some place in your life Yes, you didn't ignore them, that they were coming. And I think, as I think about his return, we have to strike that balance. We're all mm. about the baby. We're all about the king. We're all about his return. That doesn't mean that we can't ignore the birth pains. We mm. have to give them their place. We have to learn how to walk through. We have to know what they're about, talk to people who can help us. But it's like you're keeping our eyes upon Jesus. We've got to keep our eyes and so I think that whole analogy of the birth pains that he gets gives us is not just about timing, it's about balance. That yeah. is an excellent analogy. And I also would like to carry it forward a little bit because pregnancy is such a wonderful picture of intercession. And when you're carrying, you know, I can't speak from personal experience, obviously, but, you know, my wife has had three beautiful children and uh, walking through that process together. But, but there is an expectation. And, you know, we didn't spend much time at all praying against things, against the pain, against, you know, attacks or against this or that. We really were praying much more for things, for the health of the baby, for the baby's destiny in the Lord and calling to be assured, for that baby's future spouse to be prepared, for purity. So I, I think that's a great picture because... Again, when we talk about going to 2021 and what we're really spending our prayers interceding, are we interceding mostly against things or are we interceding for things? 
And, and, and I believe a, a balance can be made where we're starting to recognize what God is doing and we're interceding for his purpose in the earth. We're interceding for one another to come into their destiny, interceding for hope to be revealed in that healing presence. So those things really, really fit that analogy, Daphne, of what you were giving with the birth. Yeah, and very often when we're praying against something, I, I often find people praying against things and they're actually praying against the very things that Jesus said would happen. Mm, so it's like, you know, mm -hmm. you're praying against what Jesus told us is going to happen, right? And yeah. uh, it reminds me of uh, some people we know in the persecuted church um, out in Asia and we were talking to them and, you know, we said, what can we be praying for? And mm. they said, well, we don't pray that the persecution will end. They said, pray that we will be able to endure. And so, yes. you know, for them, they yeah. weren't praying against the persecution. It is praying for them personally to be able to persevere and endure through the persecution. Uh, mm -hmm. much, much like you're talking about, you know, let's focus on how can we be ready? How can we grow? How can we endure through the things which very often Jesus said these things would happen? So how can we be ready and prepare for those and walk through them? It's why the simplicity of the Lord's Prayer that all of us memorized and know is so powerful, right. because we pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. We are not praying ag against things. You know, we're praying for his kingdom order and his timing. And so, you you, you know, we've, I love, love the, the sessions where we walk through Matthew 24 in a group setting and just have people look at the world and, and see where those, those prophesied, you know, Yeshua himself said, these are the signs of the birth pains. And we just list all of those things that are happening in the world and how many of them are coming to bear. Yeah, That's what's supposed to happen. But we want it to happen in God's way and God's timing. We're not praying for sickness and praying for war and praying for, but we're praying for his kingdom to come. We're praying for his will to be done. And also the end of that prayer that we would not be led into temptation. Yeah. That we would be able to stand strong, just as the persecuted church is praying, let us stand till the end. We want to pray that we can be a glorious representation of his body in the earth. And when your focus is on those things, actually, when those what we see as bad things happen, there is hope in those. Why? Because they are fulfilling things that Jesus said would happen. And so there is that hope. You know, his word is true. What he said is coming to pass. And therefore, the rest of the stuff he said is going to come come to pass and it's all pointing us in one direction which is towards his coming and so even yes. when those negative things happen those bad things happen when persecution happens whatever it might be there is even hope in those things coming to pass you know it's always in the trial that we see god's hand move miraculously it was in the storm in the boat when the disciples awoke him that Jesus was able to proclaim peace and then there was peace in the storm. And it's when the people were hungry that the bread and the fish were multiplied and fed 4,000 or 5,000, depending on the, the occurrence. Hmm. And so you see that the trials in this season are the greatest opportunity for the gospel of our generation. And so for 2021, I want to look at these challenges as being God's you know, he's sending us into the, the battlefield so that we can be the medics, so that we can be those who are providing the answer for the lost world, for the hopeless world that we're entering into. Yeah. And being that this is not our home, it's our temporary place, it, we have to always get ourselves back to that place of what are we here to do and accomplish in this brief season that we're on the earth. 
Mm. And I think that this is the greatest opportunity we've had to do so in quite some time, at least yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah. And there's a great commission on the verge of being fulfilled and we need to get out there and get that completed. But, you know, I have um, I have a, my verse, I think, for 2021 or my part of a verse for 2021 is from when um, those three men were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace and they mm-hmm. said, my God can save. He can deliver. But even if he doesn't, and my my phrase for 2021, and I've actually asked my daughter to write it up for me, is but even if he doesn't, because I think we think of hope and faith in that my God can deliver. Mm. And mm. then when he doesn't, we lose everything. And often when, yes. when God does deliver, that's when people say God is good. Yeah. But when he yes. doesn't, it doesn't. And I think the ultimate, I, I just saw for myself, I'm just speaking myself for 2021, those young men, we, we think of faith and hope being the when God does, but their, fo- their faith went further than that. It went, but even if he doesn't, I still have faith. I still trust him. He's still the deliverer. He can still do it. And mm. so... Um, you know, so for my 2021, in my simple phrase, I'm holding on to, but even if he doesn't, mm. and because it's about him. It reminds me, there's an excellent, excellent song that came out a few years ago. I think that's the title is Even If You Don't, and just about how important it is that, yeah, God, I pray for you to move with your mighty hand to change our situation. But even if you don't, my heart is yours. My heart is steadfast. Mm. and trusting that you are good. And I think for our, our teens, our young people, to get this lesson from an early age is so important because they've grown up in relative comfort. You look at the rest of the world and the prosperity of the Western world, uh, Europe and the United States and other places where they just have almost everything on a, on a, you know, on a paper plate, but, you know, because it's easier to not have to wash the silver platter. But everything is there and provided and then when that's shaken, is their, is their faith in God shaken? Mm. And, I, and I always am trying to teach uh, young adults and, and teens about gratitude. And what real gratitude is, is gratitude is finding that God is good in every circumstance. There's always something that we can be thankful for. And when we turn our attention to what God has done, we see his goodness, and it leads us through those things of suffering, those, those dimes of, where we don't have an answer. And sometimes we just don't. We will never know exactly why things happen the way they do, but we can trust that God will work them for our good. Yeah, of course, there are people listening to this who are from persecuted nations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to say to to them, you know, he he is your hope in this. And um, he will be your hope. He is always your hope. So before we start winding up, I'd just like to address one other crisis I think that I would hate to be carried into 2021. I had about 30 minutes of this crisis. Thankfully, it didn't last much longer. (laughs) I was, by the grace of God, able to reorientate. Um, But when everything appeared to just stop, we were all put into lockdown, there was going to be no more travelling, engagements were going to be cancelled, etc. You're talking about with the first lockdown? The first yeah. Yes, the first lockdown. Um, I had this literally about 30 minutes where I thought, 
what am I going to do? Who am I? I have, mm. tra- I have the values that I've carried have been a lifetime. I've been 28, 29 years traveling the world, speaking on these things, and all of a sudden, in that gone. moment, they're gone. Yep, taken away. And who am I in that moment? Now, I'm so thankful mine didn't last too long, but it wasn't a 30 minutes that I'd like to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, but are, there are people who are going into the new year, I think, having lost a sense of who am I. My my ministry, as I knew it, has gone. I'm used to being on the platform and I'm used to being the worship leader. I'm used to doing all these things. That's gone. I have a business. The business has collapsed and I was a successful business person. Students in school have had their education removed and almost that identity has been rocked. So, mm. so can you just speak for a minute, Ben, into this issue of identity as we go into 2021. Yeah, well, identity is a whole topic that we could spend a whole uh, a whole session on. Maybe more. another time. Yes, but I would say that that you know it's not simple, and I don't want to give the idea with some kind of uh, pithy phrase that 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 these trials of life and our identity in in Messiah is something that's always simple because there is a, a battle for our mind. You know, Francis Frangipan talks about the three battlegrounds of the mind and one or or the the three battlegrounds. And one of them is the mind. Just getting our mind to line up with what scripture says about us is one of the primary uh, challenges that we have in this life, in this frail, you know, fresh flesh that we're living in. Mm. But 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 the but the truth is that God is is, you know, as it says in Matthew, it says he's aware of even the sparrow that falls to the ground. He's aware, you know, he clothes the lilies of the field. And so we have to get to the place where our identity in who we are in the Lord is what is first paramount. Then those things that we do, those things that we associate ourselves with, even our friends, even our community, those are all secondary to who we are in Messiah. I love to tell the story about the orphan Annie uh, many of us have seen the, the musical, um, and for those who haven't, it's about a poor orphan, really no hope to speak of whatsoever. And the day that she is adopted, she is adopted by a wealthy tycoon, a wealthy millionaire, billionaire person. But the day that those papers were signed, she went from being someone of no influence, no reputation, no means, to someone of even great reputation, great authority, because she could walk in and see the king of the house or the prince of the house. She had access. She had resources. She had influence because when she walked in the room, people wanted to talk to her and pay attention to her. But the same thing is true for us in the kingdom. It's It wasn't the fact that she had all of the, the glitz and the glamour. It was that she was purchased or she was legally transferred. And when we get this in our mind that we have been legally transferred from a life of hopelessness, ill means, no resources, no influence, as soon as we enter that legal agreement and accept Yeshua's blood, we now have a completely new orientation, Mm. that we have his resources, we have his backing, his influence and authority in in the spirit. Of course, I'm not talking about just grabbing stuff for for accumulation, but that we can walk with our head held high. And and, and this is a great piece of this, is as soon as we leave the house, 
it might look like on the outside that we don't have anything. Mm. But because we can always go back to that house, uh, going back into the presence of the Father, into that intimate relationship, we immediately are restored to that place of security. So yeah, we sometimes have periods of time when we don't have the, 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 the outside elements of, of comfort or, or the job, the things that we've relied on, but we can get back into his presence and all of a sudden we see the storehouse of what he has for us and it's much more glorious. Now, is that simple to do? No, it's tough because we still have the bills to pay and the family to feed and, and you know, there's real needs. But, but we have to get our place to see God's provision as infinite and our identity is secure. And that will help to walk us through that. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. There's, there's a lot there to um, lead us into 2021. And, Amen. Um, and I treasure our relationship and let, let's treasure each other's relationships every relationship is worth it and every relationship mm. is precious mm. and every relationship doesn't need to be torn about apart by mm. the things that don't really matter we he Yeshua prayed that we would be one mm. and that is our hope yeah. we will be one he will have us as one one way or the other so yeah. let's be part of that and treasure yeah. each other as we treasure him and look for his coming. Let's focus more on the things that we can unify over instead of focusing on the things which we can be divided over. Mm. Um, especially going into 2021. Let's not continue as we have in 2020 where we divide over everything. Um, ben, we've appreciated you and your family and the friendship. And uh, yeah, let's have you back on again and talk about one of these other subjects. <laughs> um, but we're glad that we could start 2021 with you uh, thank you so much. And I'll just uh, say in closing, you know, my prayer for all of you watching this, um, you know, my prayer for 2021 echoes the words of Paul, that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace in believing and that you may abound in hope by the power mm. of the Holy Spirit, because that hope is the key. So may you be blessed in the name of Yeshua. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode. If it inspired you, please rate us and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or another podcast platform.